Lord bless you. You can be seated. Let me first just say thanks for the uh, response of the Lord in the house of God today and uh, giving yourselves. There's no doubt that um, one of the greatest things that you and I can do is give ourselves unto the Lord and to the call of God and the service of the Lord. And classes, I'm going to let you, you can be dismissed. Go ahead. you still got some time. It's only 10 after 11. And uh, appreciate our Sunday school department and uh, time they've taken out to do their best in an hour. They don't have much time compared to all the other activities that our children are exposed to. That's the reason you have to lean so heavily upon the home to make sure that things stay in balance and connected and upright before God because you could take all the services, all three services that we have and the allotted time that's been given to those three services on a regular basis, it's nothing compared to all the other exposures of life and exposed to. And that's, that's not just true for our children, that's true for you and I. And um, this is some, like even Sister Beaver's talking about there, making ourselves available and giving ourselves and hearing the voice of God in our lives and you know, the scripture taught us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. That's, and that shouldn't be just to get the Holy Ghost, but that should be on a daily basis, even after receiving the Holy Ghost, to be a voice of God and a vessel of God. You know, uh, last Sunday we talked a little bit about, <clears throat> and I brought that verses back to you Wednesday night, and then I, I rushed on it again. The Laodicean church and... Uh, a spirit that you and I are going to have to guard ourselves against, amen, because it's, it's part of this. Now, you can see, I believe, all seven churches of the Asian uh, setting in Revelation, but uh, this Laodicean church, and uh, we don't want to reach a place of, uh, of not giving ourselves but let me, let me say a few things right here where I felt the Holy Ghost just quickened me. And um, fleshly, we cannot do it. You can't exercise enough, lift enough weights, take enough vitamins, eat the right meals. You're going to age regardless. You're going to become, you're going to reach a point in place that you won't have the ability. Now, you may, there's some benefits with that. Even the scripture says there's what? little profit or benefit in bodily exercise but there is some and you have to watch it when the bible says little <laughs> sometimes god's little is a whole lot more than what you and i realize a lot of times but at the same time uh it's it's death is coming it doesn't matter what extremes you might go to and if you got money to get this tucked and that tucked and this rearranged and this transplanted and this death's still coming you understand what I'm saying? Age is still going to show up. And um, 
So I'm saying all that to say this. Peter and them walked with Jesus Christ three and a half years. But in Jesus' most critical hour, and just before going to the cross, and he spent some three hours going back and forth to the disciples, and he had called upon them, even that inner circle, to join with him in prayer. But we know the scriptures have taught us that Peter and them had a hard time staying awake, didn't they? But listen to the words of Jesus. <laughs> he said, the Spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. There's this struggle that's going on, and um, it's always been around the pride of man. I've, I've practiced something, and I should have practiced this about 50 years ago on a regular basis. But I feel like it's working like never before. And I'm just going to tell you a, a part I've added in my prayer. Every day and throughout the day. How many of you know the three gateways to sin? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. There are avenues, there are gateways. I'd love to tell you that those gateways are done away with, that you could just board them up, fence over them, and they'd never exist, even after the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But that's not true. They're still there. So you and I have to pray against them. You and I have to plead the blood, call the name of Jesus uh, to keep them where, and, and, and this is not my lesson, but Lord have mercy, there's... Boy, this is one of them Sundays we can probably spend 12 hours with no problem. But I can take you back to Egypt. It was the blood that kept the deaf angel. Amen. That kept that deaf angel out. Okay? And so as you plead the blood, could this be even in the old, earlier times, early 1900s, only 40 and 50s, they tell you that we heard often pleading the blood. Sometimes that pleading the blood wasn't just for others in certain areas and services and things, but that pleading the blood worked for themselves as a protection against the power of the enemy. There is a warfare going on between the flesh and the spirit. Who's going to get the credit? Who's going to get the honor? And if you don't have to battle with that, well, maybe you got yours. I don't know. It's not in the ground. So I doubt very seriously you got it beat. As long as breath in this body and this old carnal man, this earthly vessel, you have to contend with that. You have to deal with it. And more often you deal with it and work against it and, and, and with honest and with sincere prayer. God, I want to be your vessel. I want to find my place in the kingdom. I want to find my place in the body. What pleases you, how you can use me. And that's where I want to get. God, I also want to pray for the gifting, the equipment. And help me call because there are some spirits that I'm warring against that I'm not a match for. Especially in the flesh. And so we've got to have your help. The church needs uh, the spirit of truth. We were singing a while ago and I almost got them to stop. About to break out of the spirit. Now we understand that. God understands that. That devil knows that. But the world and others don't. But we don't want just to break out of any spirit. We want to break out of the Holy Ghost. The spirit of truth. And uh, that's the voice we want to hear. So um, 
let's give ourselves, you know. And I know there's pressure. Uh, I could talk to some of these that's retired and at home, but they still battle for time sometimes and helping others and things of that nature. So we just got to get our priorities where God wants them to be because we want to be a soul-winning church. How many read your lesson this morning? How many read that part where, where children are born, where souls are, are, are born? There's a joy in that body of believers like nothing else. Amen. There's a joy with that. That's like a brand new babe into a home. It brings a joy. There's a lot of responsibility, a lot of maybe some sleepless nights and things like that that's connected with it. But it even talks, scriptures taught us that even after the birthing of a child, that the mother, a man, after receiving of that child, especially if it was a son, and understand that. Understand, talking about, you know, especially the Hebrews, every one of the Hebrew maids was looking, a man, to help birth the Messiah. So there's a lot more to it. Amen. And that responsibility that laid upon him. In fact, if they didn't birth a son, man, some went as far that they wanted to die if they couldn't birth a son. And so we understand that. So the same way as they respond to it physically, we respond to it spiritually. We want to see souls born. I am not going to compromise in any form whatsoever for this to happen. And I won't say that I've been accused. <laughs> but I will tell you that this church, and it's probably to me, that uh, <laughs> if you're going to get the Holy Ghost there, you're going to have to get the Holy Ghost. We're not just after numbers. What good is numbers? I'm telling you, the scriptures taught us, you cannot go to heaven without the Holy Ghost. That's in the book. That's not my words. That's written and forever settled in heaven. I can't change that. I don't have any business trying to change that. Huh. So we, we want the Holy Ghost. I had the Holy Ghost fell in this house this morning. If our, our eyes and the scales are dropped from eyes, there's no telling what all took place here already this morning by prayer. Amen. And these couples that are coming and asking God to strengthen them and whatever their needs might be or desire. Sometimes it's not necessarily a need, but a desire to be used of God and follow the footsteps, the order, the instructions of what God wants us to be as a part of this body of believers to be soul winners. And um, so we want to do what the Lord wants us to be now point I'm trying to make here this flesh is weak this flesh will give us some problems it doesn't matter how much Holy Ghost we got Paul was hindered at times he said the devil hindered him at times as powerful as anointed and as a chosen vessel but here's the deal I don't want us to use them as excuses how many listened to what brother Bass preached to Amen. Nathan sent it out, uh, Brother Bass, about uh, excuses. Excuses. A line of excuses out of Proverbs. Talks about a proverb. It talks about the line. The man that's slothful. The man that's, that's lazy. Bottom line. And uh, in one or time it's too cold to plow. Amen. And other times there's lines. Amen. In the way. You know, when you come to me and tell me there's a line on 57, I couldn't come to church. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to believe you. 
But there's line likeness that the same results can happen. And so we had got to we got to work with all this, got to deal with all this. And it's up to us, the power of choice of how we're going to respond, how we're going to handle that. And uh, I know my time's not going to allow me a lot here. Um, we had a powerful lesson, didn't we? If you read that lesson. And uh, I'm going I'm to I'm fast pitch at it just a little bit here, if you don't mind. I'm not in a hurry. I'm sure not hungry. <laughs> not for the natural anyway. And, uh, but neither do I want to be... Um, I'm not in competition of, of you know, man, they had church at 1 o'clock, and we're just trying to set some kind of record. No, if we're going to have church at 1 o'clock, I want heaven recording some stuff. And hell. <laughs> Amen. I want the two kingdoms to be involved. Maybe I shouldn't have said it quite like that, but they are. Don't you think the kingdom of the devil doesn't come to church? He's trying to show us up, tries to do things. And he wants to get involved, and there's no, no church like the church that he wants to get involved in. He wants to take up residence. He wants to get in positions and places. Do you know what's an enemy is as bad, if not worse, than the devil? Anybody got a clue? Flesh. Carnality. It's hostile against God that's the reason there's something about the, the persecuting of this carnal man this fleshly man that's something the scriptures when it talks about that presenting these bodies holy and acceptable and pleasing unto God is our reasonable service keeping these earthen vessels from becoming polluted that's both by spiritual things and by the works of the flesh Okay, so now once lost, now found. How many's found in the house this morning? How many's glad you've been found? Ever, anybody ever been involved with somebody that was lost? And when you found them and the celebration that took place? I can only imagine the, the spirit of Sister Nelda whenever they found Bobby Claw. And she got word that they had found him. In case you don't know who I'm talking about, that was a guy we went to church with. Anyway, he's my age, a little under. But anyway, he, he wound up lost Thursday. Couldn't find him through Thursday. I think I got my dates right. And through Thursday night. No, it might have been Friday. Anyway, they finally found him Saturday morning. Somebody seen him in a business somewhere, recognized him, called the officials, called somebody. Amen. And... Uh, I, when word got to me, I, we went to pray, and I said, you know, what a horrible feeling that could be, you know, that he just blundered from the house, didn't have a clue where he went, how he went. Was he out in the woods somewhere? He didn't spend a night out there. Was he dead? Was he alive? Was he hurt? You could just imagine. And so there is a likeness of this, and, uh, this lesson today as the three th items that's brought to us in Luke 15. It's going to deal with a sheep. Single, one sheep. It's going to deal with a coin, one of the ten. It's going to deal with a son, one of the two. 
So it's an individual affair that Jesus Christ in these parables that he's given us insight to. And to understand what the purpose of his coming was all about. Amen. To find that that had been lost. And I know it goes way back. It goes back to the garden. It goes back to the real death, the death, the spiritual death that took place and happened. So I'm not going to try to look at the time, but at the same time, and I don't know, we'll see what we can do here. But uh, I want us to, you know, it's amazing. There's so much here, even when you back up to that 14th chapter. When you back up to Luke's writing, the 14th chapter, starting, I don't think, about 15 to 20. Anyway, the heading in the premier Bible, it's, it talks about uh, the, the sacrifice of the price to pay to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Immediately he goes into telling them that you, you've got to hate father, mother, sons, daughters, and your own life to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. you got to be willing to bear the cross. Everybody's got a cross. you got to be willing to deny yourself. Now, this is, this is just prior to, to this 15th chapter. And the description and the qualifying to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, which is a follower of Jesus Christ. This is what has been given to us. And then in the 15th, now watch this. If you'll notice in the beginning of that, in that verses of the 14th chapter, it talks about great multitudes. It talks about the Sadducees, the Pharisees. It talks about those that are following Jesus. That are desiring to hear what he has to say. And again, when you go to the 15th chapter, it talks about great multitudes. If you do a little study on that in your commentaries and things of that nature, you've got to find out that they, they liken this not just to any sinners, but this was some of the most notable, wicked sinners of that community that was a part of this group that was following Jesus Christ. That was desiring to hear from him. And when I say following him, they was with him. They was crowding him. We know in other settings and other times, Jesus would literally have to get in a boat because the crowd was pushing him into the sea. The multitude. And he would get in Peter's boat to, and, and, and talk from that place. You had to get the boundary of water. There's something about it's in us. It's put in us. To want to have somebody to follow. Want to have somebody that's, that has some revelations, got some insight, got some know about, knowing about them. You and I can go to Walmart. We can go pretty much anywhere we want to. And we don't have to worry about that. But there are certain celebrities that the world has made them these great individuals. Uh, look at your political situation now. Look at certain ones that's holding certain offices for one reason or the other. That they have to get body, what they call bodyguards. And all those bodyguards pretty much even right on to our president. 
Why? Because of the crowd. And they got boundaries a lot of time. They may put up railings and put up things, limit it. Why? Because people are prone to just to touch, just to shake the hand, just to. And so this is a likeness of Jesus Christ and those at this time and setting. And so he begins to speak unto them of the condition of humanity. Condition of those that was listening to him at this point in time. How many of us realized this morning that we was lost? If you said that you was found this morning, you realized you was lost because it's impossible to be found without coming first to the realization that I'm lost. Okay? <laughs> Praise God. And so, as we watch this, really begin to unfold. And, and I'll bypass reading the, the verses, but let me, let me go to a, a, a few verses to start with, to help us to understand that, that we are born in a condition and a situation. Doesn't matter who we are, doesn't matter what household, it doesn't matter what geographical location, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Jew, Gentile. Don't make any difference. Don't matter if you're male or female. Don't matter how, how, how far off in some uh, third world country. Or if you're built on the, the streets of gold somewhere on this, in this, in this earth. Man, with everything going to be handed to you with a silver powder and all this other. Every individual is lost this point in time in their lives no one's exempt okay I want to I'm going to back that up with some scriptures this morning Psalms 119 176 longest chapter in your Bible the last verse in that particular chapter I have gone astray like a lost sheep seek thy servant for I do not forget thy commandments. Isaiah 53 and 6. I'm just going to give these quickly for time's sake. So if you may just want to jot them down and go back and look. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, all capital letters, which is Jehovah, God, Spirit, hath laid on him, talking about Jesus, the iniquity of us all. I've been mentioning here lately, the two kingdoms are the two spirits and even the two mysteries. The spirit of iniquity and the spirit of God. One or the other is dominating in these earthen vessels of every human being. On the face of the earth. But it's up to the vessel that can help control. Those forces and powers. We hit a few stumps there. But it's true anyway. Even the gifts are subject to the prophets. He can shut it down if he wants to. And if you shut God and, and grieve. Okay what's about say about the Holy Ghost. 
We're, we're called upon by the apostle not to grieve or quench the Holy Ghost. If you can quench the Holy Ghost, you can quench the devil. I'll tell you folks, I'm walking in, a, in an area here that people need to come to a realization of where they're at and their condition and what it's going to take to get out of that. Because we do not have the power or the ability within ourselves to save ourselves from this untoward generation. Ezekiel 34 and 6, my sheep wander through all the mountains and upon every high. And I know these particular scriptures, the next ones out of Ezekiel is talking about Israel and how he scattered them for the four winds. And that he's going to gather them and he is. And upon every high hill, gave my flock, was scattered upon all the face of the earth. And none did search, there's the key. None did search or seek after them. One place it talks about, talks about Israel as being watering in its own blood. Going to die. Others walking by was, wasn't going to lend a hand. Wasn't going to help them at all. Didn't carry anything for them. But God, God, in that condition where, where it was impossible, he likened it to a baby that was just been come from the billow pad and laid out there in the dirt, laid out in the dis desert. How long would those babies survive? A man had just been birthed into this world in an earthly manner and just put in a trash can or put it, throw it in a dumpster or just left out on this in the ditch somewhere. Somebody's got to come. Somebody's got to see him. And so that's, that's what he's liking. That's... There was a God that was going to have to. Same chapter, 16th verse. I will seek that which was lost. I'll bring again that which was driven away. I will bind up that which was broken. I will strengthen that which was sick. Huh. What did Jesus Christ come to do? Anointed to do as the Son of God, as the begotten Son of God. But I will destroy the fat and the strong, and I will feed them with judgment. What's the spirits that he's talking about here? The fat and the strong, those that's full of pride and arrogance. Proverbs talks about them in great detail. Even going to the grave, their eyes bulging out with, with just seeing man on top of the world and everything going their way, and they're just and no fear of death, but they've been deceived, been misled. Yet there's no fear in them. Hey, there needs to be a balance of this having no fear. That fear that Hollywood wants to send your way is a lying spirit. You better not let that one get a hold of you. You better fear death in a manner and a way to make sure that you're ready for that. Now, there is a way, according to the scriptures, that we don't have to fear death, not, not, the, not the fleshly death. Because the sting has been taken out. Sin has been dealt with. There is a measure, a kingdom. There's been an experience, an encounter with God of the ever, everlasting, of the, the living God. That's a God of the living that we can be assured that everything's going to be all right. If this heart attack takes me out, if this cancer eats me away, or if, if our head-on collision snatches me out of here, I 
I get up every morning with that assurance. I lay my head in my head in the pillar at night with that assurance that I'm all right with my maker. That my conscience is right with man and God. Okay. But 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 the fear, you can you can ask some of these military men, ladies, different ones, but I've heard others talk. In fact, I heard somebody mention it just in the last few weeks. They, they, they make these statements. There's no shortage in all the wars of alcohol and drugs. They use these as elements to condition the men. To help them to deal with the state they're facing, the era they're in. It's amazing to me how the Holy Ghost is likened unto the same symptoms and results as these type of elements. So the devil's using these type of elements to, to condition the mind and the heart and the spirit for his purpose. Where what you and I are longing for is in the Holy Ghost that conditions, that leads, it guides, it equips us to walk in the different direction. And so, this is the lost part. This is what we lost in the garden. Is that fellowship and relationship with our maker, with our creator. Matthew 10, 6 and 7 says, But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as he go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 15, 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We know about the Syphonician woman about time. Matthew 18. How think ye if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray? And this is part of our lesson here, but Matthew's writings. Doth he not leave the ninety and nine and goeth unto the mountain and seeketh that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more over that sheep. Than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. But understand what's being said there. The ninety-nine was not lost. Even though he left them, they're in a wilderness, they're together, they're in the body, they're connected, they're in a safe place. It's the one that astrayed. It's the one that wandered off. It's the one that was lured out from under this protection, this safety. And we all find ourselves in that condition after the one man. We're going to go to that. John 10 to 16. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. He's talking about the Israelites. The other sheep is you and I as Gentiles. Not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. They shall hear my voice. Boy, I'm telling you, that ties right back into the Wednesday nights and the 400 years and John the, the Baptist and the voice coming out of the wilderness and then the voice of Jesus Christ and the preaching of the gospel and the five-fold ministry and having a house to come and a place to come to bring your, your vessel and bring your soul and that you can hear the voice of God on a regular basis. Amen. To hear the instructions and the guidance of how, how, how to be saved and not only how to be saved, but how to keep your, your, ourselves in a raptured condition. The importance of having a house of God, a family, a place that you can connect and join up. Apostle Peter put it this way. For ye were as sheep going astray. 
but are now returned unto the shepherd, the bishop of your soul, the overseer. Jesus Christ is our high priest. He's our bishop of our soul. That part that's going to live out into an eternity. That's going to live forever. It's not going to die. Psalms 51 and 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Genesis 8, 21. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imaginations of man is evil from his youth. The imaginations of of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore every living as I have done. It's just in him. You don't have to, you know, you you could take these little babies. They don't have to... You don't have to tell them to learn how to lie. It just comes. It just comes how? Natural. It's their nature. It's their nature. Fallen nature. That's we're all there. No one's no one, absolutely, no one is exempt from that. We're all in that condition. So that's reading there's so much emphasis put upon in Jesus' conversation in the third chapter of John, the man with Nicodemus. You must be born again. You're born under the power and influence of the spirit of iniquity. That's a reason it's so easy to back off of your prayer life, your commitment to the house of God and doing spiritual things. That you find that old nature luring, pulling, and going back to it. Finding yourself using terms that having attitudes and spirits and longings and passions and desires for things you want. Because that old nature, you have to keep it under subjection and under submission. But thank God we're going to get a new body one day. (laughs) Thank God these, these struggles and battles will be over with one day. That's what he talks about in the grave. That go home to, to, to your reward. Job put it this way in Job 14 and 4. Who could bring a clean thing out of an unclean? He answers the question. And I know it's really against Job. Not one. That's true. We cannot of our own selves. Clean and unclean. Eutephus talks about the water. Bitter water and sweet water. Can't, cannot come out of what? The same fountain. So we all come to that realization. Understand. Teresa John. Whenever he talked to Nicodemus in John 3 and 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit and you need to look at that word spirit. It's capitalized. That's not man's spirit. That's God's spirit. Huh. Must be born of the spirit. It took the, the, the natural man first. And so, Romans 5 and 12. Wherefore, as, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Adam and Eve, I read this one time, Reader's Digest, years and years and years ago. 
But it made this comment. A study was made that these bodies were designed to live forever. And this was in the Reader Digest. And they said, but sin brought death upon humanity. That wasn't out of the Bible. Man, that was out of the Reader's Digest. And so, but it just backed up what the Bible instructed us, taught us. Sin. And so death was what passed upon all men. For all have sinned. So we find ourselves this morning. We have not been born again. We're in a lost condition. Anybody ever been lost? I mean, you know, in the natural. Really lost and didn't have a clue where to go and uh, what to do. And it's amazing even uh, the geographical location can change on you. Man, nothing don't look the same. Especially, especially, now watch this, especially in the dark. The woods start all looking the same. It's hard to find them trails in the dark. We're all undone and in the dark. But we need a day star. And it's impossible to save yourself without a day star. But the day star's got a, a principle and an avenue to find him. And not just any old way of do like the world wants to try to tell everybody. That it don't matter where you go to church. I beg the difference with you. It don't matter who you submit yourself. I beg the difference with you. There's, a, there's an instruction and a doctrine in this old black book. That everybody's got to come under submission to. And everybody's got to yield to. And it doesn't matter who we are and where we come from. We can talk about our grandmas and grandpas and everybody else. But you can only judge with the natural eye. And without a revelation of truth, that's all you got to judge them by. And let me say this. Goodness will not save us. Good deeds and good acts will not save us. Ephesians 2 and 3 will nail down about the nature by nature, the children of wrath. By nature, we're the children of wrath. Now, whose wrath are we trying to avoid? God's wrath. God's wrath is going to be poured out upon all unbelievers and disobedience. I'm saying all this to help us to get into the frame of mind and heart of just how serious this really is. Time and Hollywood and the world that we're living has played games with the church and with preachers. And they have softened, they have calloused, they have worked in such a manner the church doesn't have near the impact that she did 50 years ago. And then they wonder why we're in the condition we're in today. They wonder why there's a lack of respect from the White House down. They wonder why we lost respect for officials, law officers. So let's, let's look at this. I realize 10 to 12. Um,
let's give me just a few minutes if you don't mind. Let's go to the favorite verse that most everybody uses, especially your phenomenal world. What is it? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. That is the truth, and we ought to preach it more than anybody. His love for us is what is reason that he robed himself in flesh. His love for humanity and that that was lost is reason. He, 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 the father of faith called Abraham to tell Isaac, God will provide himself a sacrifice. Amen. And thank God he did on that day. It was, it was a goat. Amen. It was caught by his horns in a thicket. But praise God, there was another coming called the Lamb of God. Amen. That a crown of thorns is going to be pressed upon his head. And he's going to be called a man on a cross. But no man put him there. No no devil put him there, but the love of God's what put him there. And it's by this love, amen, that you and I are found and redeemed and brought out. It's this love that works through parents, that loves their children. We're going to love our children. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't mean, that doesn't mean we agree. They do things that they shouldn't do. I don't mean we didn't even condone it. We don't assist them or help them in doing it either. We shouldn't do that in the natural, and we ought not do that in the spiritual. Oh, man, I could preach on that just for a little bit. i tell you why people swelled in the pulpit and started changing the book. Because they wanted their darlings in and their picks in. When their darlings and their picks didn't want to submit to the Word of God. So we'll just change and broaden it up a little bit. So we can be accepted, and, and a lot of times they wouldn't accept it where they ought to have been submitting. And so they, whenever they couldn't be accepted there and hold positions there, they just go and start their own church. We don't need to get on that one. We just stay away from that. But thank God for the love of God. The next verse helps us to understand. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came that the world might be saved. God help us. God help us as preachers and vessels of truth. We don't need to have a condemning spirit. We don't need to walk with high mindedness and arrogance and in a manner and a way. No, God, it's been just your goodness and grace and mercy and revelation. All I've got, you give it to me. All that I've got, every talent, every ability, uh, you know. Yes, I've got to submit and I've got to work and study and show myself approved to God. But I couldn't get any of that if you didn't touch me and bless me and help me. And so we're blessed. We're blessed. So as we look at the parable, let's, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll just go to the scriptures. That'd probably be the best thing I can do and the fastest thing I can do for just a few minutes. Amen. Notice, I want you to notice. In that first verse, draw nearer to him all the publicans and sinners. Publicans. Publicans were hated. Were hated people. They were tax collectors. They was hated. In fact, a part of our scriptures goes to Luke 19. And it talks about Zacchaeus. We little Zacchaeus climbed a tree that he could see Jesus. That he could encounter, amen, the, the, the lamb, Jesus Christ. 
Amen. And so, and, and I'd like to say this, and uh, amen, because if you'll notice, even in the Sunday school, a lot of them, most all your scholars and different ones, and uh, it talks about how, how, you know, because of his title, they immediately uh, classified him as uh, some great sinner and some great wicked person and evil. I, I, I struggle with that just a little. And maybe I'm just so dumb that I can't see it. And you got all these educated people that's got it all worked out. But, but Jesus, and, 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 and I read that word before he even gets to his house. Now, come on, we got to hand it to Zacchaeus. He, he, he faced some obstacles, but he was willing to climb trees. Now, he was a ruler. He was well known in the city. And watch this. Jesus, amen, was coming into Jerusalem. And here he's going out of Jerusalem, Jericho. But now he's going out of Jericho. It was his last opportunity. It was the same settings, amen, that he healed blind Bartimaeus. Amen, that cried out when he's coming in. Now Jesus is going out. And so, so Zacchaeus, amen, as a tax collector, as one of the most talked about and really cute and hated individuals of the town, amen, made his way up to a sycamore tree, amen, that he could see Jesus. And and Jesus walks right up to him and walks right up to the tree and said, Hey, I'm going home with you. Amen. And Zacchaeus gets down, hastily gets down. And amen. He's welcomed him to his house. And even before he gets there, before any conversation, you begin to read about Zacchaeus and say, Hey, if I took any money that I wasn't supposed to take him. Now watch this. How do you know any of this? Well, let's go back. Let's go back to John the Baptist. Was it not a man Republican? Did they man tax ledgers that made their way to John the Baptist? And John the Baptist said, Don't take what you're not supposed to take him. Amen. And judge people fair and handle them fair? Amen. Could it have been that Zacchaeus could have been a disciple of John the Baptist? Could it not have been because you go to Acts the 19th chapter, I read the 12 disciples of John the Baptist had not had the Holy Ghost, did not have baptism in Jesus' name, but they was walking in the, the doctrine that John the Baptist had taught them. So you walk in what revelation and what light you got until greater light comes. That's the reason you and I have got to be wise as serpent, harmless doves, that we don't try to destroy the light they walk. That light is true that moment at that time. Man, I'm telling you, there was so much. God, Lord have mercy. Because we've taken on the mission now. He came to seek and save that which is lost. What are we supposed to be doing? What's, what's tops the list? Regardless of where we go and what we're doing. As, 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 as epistles of God. All right. Go back to that 14th chapter. Jesus begins to liken to kingdom of God. He says, he, he says, the individual first studies about building a tower. To build that tower, he first sits down and makes sure he's got to, the income, the resources, and the ability to finish the tower. You know one of the problems I'm watching today? Too many Pentecostals didn't really take the time to examine and make sure I want to finish the journey. Oh, we want to lay the foundation. Or we, want, we want the Holy Ghost and we want the joy and we want to feel good without any sacrifice, without any commitment, without any sex separation. We want God and we want salvation, but we want to live like we want to live, go where we want to go and do what we want to do. Amen. And just be allowed in because we're under a government. And please be, you know, they get wrong, but we're under a government. If we're not careful, all they want is a bunch of programs and easy. Let's get out of the uh, programs handed out and, and get to control of people. 
people. But I'm going to tell you something. A people that always got to be handed down to and peppered and baby. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, that nation won't be a strong nation. And other nations will come in and take her. we got to be a nation, amen, as individual, but yet collectively have the gumption and the backbone is that we're going to stand for truth. Amen. That's the reason he sent Daniel and him, amen, to Babylon. And even though they was in Babylon, they knew how to represent the true living God. And they didn't allow the Babylonians, believers, amen, to change their identity, the things they wore, the things they ate, or anything else about them. We know who we're going to serve. We know, amen, if it costs us our lives, you throw us in that den. Amen. If you want, you throw us in that fire furnace, you want. But we know who we serve. And that's the idea and the attitude and the spirit at the church season getting the generation we live. We know who we serve and we know how to serve him and how to please him. We know who's going to deliver us from the wrath of God. And we're not compromising for nobody. Why? Here's why. Because if we do, how are they going to be saved? And so it brings us right back to what this thing's all about. <laughs> the soul. The saving of a soul. Because of the church, if the body don't have the goods, if she's allowed herself to step out of doctrines, step out of the framework of the word of God, <laughs> she's just as lost. That's like taking pulling trash out of one garbage bin and just hauling it and putting it in another. All you and I ever do is break it. That's the reason doctrines, the word of God, the plan of salvation, the plan of truth is so important. Now you're watching how important this gets. <laughs> I'm watching, I got about four minutes. <laughs> Sheep by itself. Singer. He had, he had a now some people have that too. Well, I got 99, that's good enough. And I agree, back in high school, if I'd made a 99, mama had a heart attack and me too. We'd have been so happy. <laughs> Praise God. But there's some things, 99 is not enough. And when it comes to God, it comes to souls. God's in the business because he gets no pleasure. I don't have the time, but I can tell you in scriptures, God has no pleasure out of the wicked dying. And if you read that close enough in one area, amen, not just death, but dying. You know what he's talking about? Is that second death. That place where they'll wind up in a place they'll never have the opportunity, amen, to be back into his fellowship and back into his realm and place, hallelujah. And that's what's so important. And that's what you and I got to understand. God gets no pleasure out of the wicked dying. God gets no pleasure out of the sinner. Amen. Leave you lost and undone. And so this one little lamb that he's willing to go and get it and put it on his shoulder and rejoicing brings it back. The one little coin. Amen. Someone ties that in. It was a gift. It was given one that was married. To, and it made up the, the whole gift. Amen. The ten coins. Now watch the difference. The sheep. Amen. By itself. It was outside in the wilderness and places and going places. And had the tendency and tempted. Amen. To wander off and to blunder or to be lured off. But it's a, it's a different ball game now. That this coin was in the house. Did you know that you and I can actually be in the house and still wind up lost? Came to be in the church. Came to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Came to be a follower of his and be lost and undone. But this one coin meant so much to this, this woman. That she's willing, amen, 
Wasn't enough lighting on. She began to light other candles. She got the broom out and went to sweeping, turning everything upside down. I got to find that coin. Now watch this. The sheep had the power and the ability and its nature to wander off on its own. But it does not have the nature or the ability to find its way back. Look how helpless the coin is in the house. Has no power, no ability of its own to save itself. It can't turn, give a reflection. It doesn't have a voice. And then they wonder why we want to stand for unborn babies. But I'm telling you, that's a topic right there that people hadn't dug in deep enough. Even us as a church. Where does those souls go? Think about it. Better think about it. And now comes the son. Man, they come to a place that he wanted his goods. And you know the story. You know the parable. How he leaves. And after a few days, he takes it and goes into a far country and spends all he has. And as long as he had money, he had friends. Those that want to join with him. Man, live the life. Man, it's, I've heard some tell me, even here recently, we just want to have fun. Real fun is in the Holy Ghost. Real fun's at the house of God. Real fun is dancing, loving, worshiping, magnifying God. And you don't have to wait till you get here. Shame on us if that's what we're doing. Shame on us. We can stand. I know my time. I'm after 12. But the sun here now. The sun. He reaches a point and place of famine. Hits the land. He's, he's at the point of taking in the husk. That that the hogs. And the Bible said he came to himself. He came to a realization. He came to an understanding. At my father's house. My father's house. His servants has got bread and, 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 and more than enough. And that's where he made the decision. Go back to his father's house. And thank God that the father was looking every day. He didn't go get him. There's some situations when we have our own power of rebellionness or whatever it might be. It's going to take our willpower, our hunger, our thirst. Now, God can create it out there. God can position it in a way. I'm going back to the Father's house. And if we're going to pray for backsliders when God starts putting the pressure on, don't you back off now. You let God. You tell God. God, you know what it's going to take. I'm leaning on you. I'm trusting in you, God. Call us how much pain and suffering they may have to deal with here, but if that's what it takes to get them back. I listened to one of my family members a few months ago. 
made the statement about raising their little darling and they'd whipped him with a switch and decided from that point though after being called in on it and questioned by the, by the other spouse <laughs> they decided not to do that anymore it was all in me not to just cause an ups, up, upset the cart there in front of everybody but Proverbs says sparing of the rod spoils the child Proverbs says the rod won't kill him but it'll drive the foolish out of his heart I believe yes I believe it it ought to be done right and, and in a proper way in a proper way in a proper reason and punishment according to the to that now, I don't believe you ought to walk around with a switch and every time you see him just hit him say I'm sure you've done something I didn't see so I'm just going to that's not the father's love there Father, amen, corrects out of love. And it's the last thing he wants to do, and he gets no joy. God gets no joy, but he understands, amen. Now, you watch this. I don't have time, but you watch this, amen. You can go to Hebrews, and because, you know why Jesus could bear the cross and the shame of it and the agony, the suffering of it? Because the joy beyond the cross, the joy beyond the sacrifice, beyond the pain and the suffering. I'd rather pain and suffering come in this life and the correcting rod of God. Then, man, they wind up in a devil's hell, lost and undone. I don't care what grandma does. Done. I don't care what grandpa done. I don't care what mom and daddy done and everybody else. God, I want to be saved. I want to be raptured ready. I want to hear you say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. We're in a turmoil. We're in a spiritual warfare between flesh and spirit and a showdown of who's really got the goods. And you know what it's going to take? Dying out of this world and being born again of the spirit and then walking therein. From now on, with the right spirit and the right attitude. Folks, if you hadn't read your lesson, go back, read it. Study this thing out. Realize, amen, the joy that I've been found. The joy that I've been found. Man, anybody's ever had maybe a baby that wandered off for a few minutes? and Could have been at a Walmart or somewhere. And that panic mode... And all them things come rushing in. No telling who's got them. And they've even got alerts now. <laughs> we got, man, if you tell somebody at work at the Walmart, immediately, son, they're going to start shutting doors and, and shutting things down that nobody can get out of the building until the baby's found. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? We go to these measures, amen, to find them in the natural. How much more should you and I go, amen, in the spiritual realms? God, we want to find them. Lead me. Got me. I know, amen, I'm the writer even mentioned, everybody's not going to want it. Everybody's not going to be saved. But, oh, God, you lead me to those that are hungry and thirsting after righteousness. And you give me the wisdom, the knowledge, and the skill, and the power and ability, amen, to be a witness to them. And a witness, amen, of the powers of your mercy and grace. And that they can be found. We might be surprised where God may just lead us sometimes. <laughs> he may want us to go to some houses. I'm talking about some mansions. I'm talking about folks that you thought had it all made. Was living the life. But they was miserable. None done. And they realized it. Oh, we got this money and we got all these toys and all this. But something's empty. See, see, we respond more to kicking beer cans aside and pushing through the smoke and going out to little shacks on the side of the road. But I'm telling you, God's in the business of saving them all from one extreme to the other. If you don't believe that, read John 3 
and then read John 4 and tell me who Jesus witnessed to from one extreme to the other. From one that was sitting as a ruler, family and things going well, to one that had one relationship after another broken and messed up. And all said society had written her off. But God don't write off what man writes off. God made a way that you and I can be saved. He's also made a way that you and I, through the power of the Holy Ghost, can help win to others. Why don't you just help me pray for just a moment here this morning. And I'll just let you stand. You can stand right there. But let's pray that God help this church right here to be the lighthouse. Amen. To be the salt that he wants us to be in the hearts and the lives of those around us. Using each one of us as he sees fit. Lord, we love you today and appreciate you. We thank you for your kindness, your grace, your mercy. God, we're thankful for truth today. We're thankful, God, that you have moved upon our lives and helped us to come to the realization that we was lost and undone without you. But now through obedience unto the word of God, the instructions that we've read out of it and preached to us, that we can be redeemed, we can be reconciled. But God, now we're asking you to help us. Help us to be the soul winners. Help us to be the body of believers. Help us have the impact upon our community and surrounding areas as we're led by the Holy Ghost, anointed by the powers of God. Help us to lay aside every weight and help us overcome, amen, the, the weariness and the weakness of this old man, this old body. And God, we wouldn't allow excuses to rise up in us, but having a sensitive ear and a heart and mind and conscience unto the call and the voice of God. We all want to be soul winners. We all want to be light barriers. We all want to be about your business and do the work there to please you. Help us, God, hallelujah, to do it with the manner and the way that gives you honor and praise and glory, that they can glorify our Heavenly Father as you work through us and among us. We're going to give the praise and glory and honor to you this morning through and by that only name, that wonderful name called Jesus Christ. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Let's pray much. Have your mind this afternoon on the heart of God, the mind of God. Let's walk back into this place tonight. Somebody can walk in this house tonight and get the Holy Ghost. Somebody walk in this house tonight. Maybe somebody that's never even been here before and find what they're looking for and searching for. God knows where they're at. And we want to be used, amen, to see that happen, don't we? Love you this morning. Appreciate you. God bless you. 4.30 practice. Sister Mallory, the children will be practicing. Y'all coming at 4, 4, 4.30. 4.30. 4.30. The sing, praise singers, all of you. God bless you this night. Appreciate you. God bless you. Also, let's don't forget next Sunday, we'll have Easter Sunday morning only. We're going to have one service, but we're going to take our time. We're going to have a good time, okay? God bless you.